On the surface, Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie seemed as perfectly matched as any two people could be, but friends say there was often tension between the couple who dated since high school. One minute they'd be all over each other, the next minute he'd be like, we're fighting, says Laundrie's friend. They always had some drama. As you most likely know from the news back in 2021, Gabby's body was found. She had been strangled by her fiance, Brian Laundrie. Hey, brave one. Welcome to another episode of the Women Aware and Prepared podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Pratt, a trained domestic violence victim advocate who teaches women and vulnerable populations how to be street smart. You'll hear some true crime stories, but most importantly, how we might prevent crimes happening to us. Return each week to learn safety tips and emotional self-defense so we live empowered with peace. Let's be less naive and leave helplessness and worry behind so we can be safer, savvy, aware, and prepared. Hey, here we are back again for another week of the Woman Aware and Prepared podcast. Thank you for joining me. Today, this episode continues on from our last episode in which we talked about teen dating violence myths and what this looks like in real life. So today we're going to talk about a real life story, which turned ugly really quick. And we're going to talk about red flags and green flags in relationships. So we learn how to stay safer emotionally, relationally, and we live a better life. From last episode, we had asked, are you happier than you were before you were with this person? Are you exhausted because you're trying to make this work and you can't make it work with somebody who's abusive? Are you having panic attacks? Is your stomach tight all the time? Are you having headaches? So we're paying attention to these things. Okay, listen to this real life story because this is the red flags in action. And then we're going to list out the red flags, green flags, and what do you do if your relationship has a lot of red flags? Here we go. On the surface, Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie seemed as perfectly matched as any two people could be. But friends say there was often tension between the couple who dated since high school One minute, they'd be all over each other. The next minute, he'd be like, we're fighting, says Laundrie's friend. They always had some drama. As you most likely know from the news back in 2021, Gabby's body was found in Wyoming's Grand Teton National Park, and officials determined that her death was a homicide. Actually, she had been strangled by her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, who then went missing for a few days and then died by suicide because he knew what he did and he knew what his future was. Gabby was 22, Laundry was 23. They had been traveling across America in a white Ford Transit van to see the sights together. Their friends said they had times they were toxic and times where everything seemed a lot more healthy. They had very low lows, but very high highs but they really seemed to love each other. When things were good, you'd be like, why can't I have a relationship like that? When they were bad, you'd be like, oh my God, just break up and spare yourself from the drama and everyone else from having to hear about it. 
The police believed the relationship between Gabby and Brian became more strained during their tragic road trip. As most of you know, if you're familiar with this, the police were actually called out because there was a domestic disturbance between them. And that led to an encounter between the couple and the police that was seen in the body cam footage. And we can learn a lot from that, right? Unfortunately, the police let them go. And then he murdered her and um, took his own life. But um, the person who had called 911 to report the disturbance said that he had witnessed laundry striking and slapping Gabby. You know, we think that verbal abuse or emotional abuse is just that, and that that person would never hurt you. But that is not always the case. In fact, that's often not the case. It usually moves to physical abuse. So let me just read just a little bit more from another article. I'm going to share these articles in the show notes. Gabby Petito's boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, suffered with jealousy and control issues and experienced episodes in which he would hear voices and not be able to sleep, Petito's friend said. Rose, their friend, described Laundrie as a controlling and manipulative boyfriend in one incident, stealing Petito's ID so she wouldn't be able to go out to bars with her, with Rose. Petito had described the strange episodes to her friend, which at times forced Petito to sleep at her house. She said that herself and Gabby would share locations on their iPhones to keep each other safe, quote, in case they got lost, but Laundrie made Petito stop sharing once he found out. Quote, he had this composure as a sweet, nice, caring guy, but you could tell he's a little off, a little weird. Brian has a jealousy issue, Rose said. I am her only friend in Florida, to my knowledge, and that's not because she can't make friends. He just didn't want her to have friends. He was always worried she was going to leave him, she said. It was a constant thing to try to get us to stop hanging out. All right, let's move on with these red flags because a lot of these red flags sound a lot like this. But thank God we have green flags so we can hear about the healthy things the mature things that good relationships have. Let's dig in. Red flags for abusive relationships. The following is a list of warning signs for potentially abusive relationships. These are guidelines and cues to pay attention to, not judgments or worth on the other person, but just, hey, heads up, pay attention if these things are happening. We want to question relationships with partners who are one, abusing alcohol or other drugs. Two, have a history of trouble with the law, get into fights, break or destroy property. Three, don't go to work or school. Four, abuse siblings, other family members, children or pets. Five, put people down, including your family and friends, or call them names excessively. Six, are always angry at someone or something. Seven, try to isolate you and control who you are or where you go. Eight, nag you or force you to be sexual when you don't want to. Nine, cheat on you or have lots of partners. Ten, are physically rough with you, push, shove, pull, yank, squeeze, restrain. Eleven, take your money or take advantage of you in other ways. 12. Accuse you of flirting or coming on to others 
that accuse you of cheating on them. 13. Don't listen to you or show interest in your opinions or, or feelings. Things always have to be done their way. 14. Ignore you, give you the silent treatment, or hang up on you. 15. Lie to you. Don't show up for dates. Maybe even disappear for days. 16. Make lewd comments about others in your presence. 17. Blame all arguments and problems on you. 18. Tell you how to dress or act. 19. Threaten suicide if you break up with them. 20. Experience extreme mood swings. Tell you you're the greatest one minute and rip you apart the next. 21. Tell you to shut up. Tell you you're dumb, stupid, or call you some other name, directly or indirectly. 22. Compare you to former partners or excessively bad mouth former partners. 23. You're afraid to break up with them. 24. You feel tied down, feel like you have to check in. 25, you feel afraid to make decisions or bring up certain subjects so that your partner won't get mad. 26, you tell yourself that if you just try harder and love your partner enough, then everything will be fine. 27, you find yourself crying a lot, being depressed or unhappy. 28, you find yourself worrying and obsessing about how to please your partner and keep them happy. And our last and final item, even though there's plenty more red flags, but the last on our list, you find the physical or emotional abuse getting worse over time. So what do we do about this, right? What do we actually do? If you find yourself in this situation or your kid, what do you do, right? So. If this is you and you realize this is not the way you want to live your life for the rest of your life, right? Because life is meant to be good. Life's meant to be fun. Why not be happy? Like, why not surround yourself with happiness? So what do we do? Well, I would suggest calling the domestic violence hotline. You can go to thehotline.org and talk to somebody there and just see what they say. You don't have to do what they say right? It's just getting their information. Or you could call your domestic violence shelter and ask them like, can somebody help me with this? Just make sure that I am in an abusive relationship. Or number three, you can go to one of my favorite websites with my good friend and colleague, Annette from themendproject.com. I'll drop all this in the show notes for you. And if you decide to leave, which I hope that you do because life's meant to be way better and you're going to find somebody who truly treats you way better. In fact, why don't we talk about green flags and why don't we talk about green flags more, right? You hear a lot about red flags and you hear even fancy terms, right? Um, Gaslighting, love bombing, and it's what we already described those things in the red flags. So what about green flags? Here's 16 green flags that we can look for in a relationship. And by green flags, I just mean that these are behaviors or personal qualities that show that the person you're with will most likely be healthy and mature. So I'm going to read these off 
And then I'm going to, of course, share them in the show notes and where I got them from. But I just really liked this list because I felt like it was a great overall compilation of healthy relationship points. So let's dig into them. Again, I'm going to go through them fast, just like the red flags. So number one is they listen well. Number two, they're comfortable talking about their feelings. Number three, they have high self-awareness. What does that mean? So they're being aware of their emotions, their patterns, and how that affects others. They're not obsessed with themselves and only talk about themselves. (laughs) Okay, number four, they have empathy. They can put themselves in your shoes. Number five, they're engaged in the relationship, right? They make plans with you. They text you back consistently. Um, They show interest in you and nurturing the relationship. Number six, the relationship moves at a comfortable pace. It feels good for both people, allows some space. Number seven, they're willing to be vulnerable. Mm, That's a good one. They can open up and be candid about how they feel about you. Number eight, they know what they want. Clarity is a good thing. They also care about what you want. Number nine, they're kind consistently. They're even caring and gentle when you have a conflict. Number 10, they treat others well too. Their family, their friends, even the waiter, waitress. Number 11, they have stability. They're stable. You know what you're going to get. They'll be consistent in how they treat you. Number 12, they're easy to be around. You can feel like you could be yourself. You're not walking on eggshells. Number 13, they take active steps towards becoming better. Nobody's perfect, but it's important to notice that they're paying attention to their shortcomings and they care about that and they care about your relationship and wanting to make things better. Number 14, they accommodate your needs. They take the time to understand what you need from the relationship. Number 15, you both have your own lives. In a healthy relationship, you both have your own hobbies. You can spend time away. You can go hang out with friends. And lastly, number 16, you feel good around them. You truly enjoy being around each other and you bring out the best in each other. So what do you do if you find yourself in these red flag categories and the relationship you're in is more like the red flags than the green flags? You'll have to decide what you want to do, but if you decide to break up or separate, it's important to do it wisely. If you break up, that you really break up. And if you're breaking up from a narcissist, it gets a little bit tricky, but it's important to do so and do it firmly and do it with the expert's help, like the domestic violence hotline or the mend or your shelter, because it doesn't work if you tell these people, I'm leaving, I think, and I think I still want to be friends with you. That's like the worst because then they'll just manipulate you back. So it needs to be a clear, firm line. But again, you want to make sure that you're safe. The domestic violence hotline can help you come up with a personalized safety plan. So here's an example of 
a personalized safety plan for teens. Okay. So there's a general safety section and a safety at home section. Each of them has four points. I'm going to list out the four points under general safety. Number one, if we have an argument on a date and I feel unsafe, I will, you got to fill that in. So who could you call to get a safe ride home? What would you do if you were left in an isolated area, right? So you just think ahead and you talk through this with um, somebody that I listed or with a close friend. You need to plan ahead. Number two, if we have an argument at school and I feel unsafe, I will. Same thing. Who could help you? Where could you be safe at school? What teacher or counselor do you trust? Number three, if we have an argument at a house and I feel unsafe, I will try to have us discuss it in the... So we try to avoid arguments in the bathroom, the garage, the kitchen, near weapons, or in rooms without access to the outside. You don't want to be trapped. You might want to be out in public, right? You want to be somewhere safe. So think about that. Number four, I will use what as my code word with family and friends so that they can then call for help. Remember in one of the past episodes, I shared that um, we had a code word that we made up with our son. He could always call or text me and he would use that code. Thank goodness he never had to use the code. All right, so the next four points, the four questions under safety at home. Okay, number one, safety at home. I will, what, if he comes over when I'm alone and I feel unsafe? Who can you call to come over? Who can you call if you need help? Number two, I will blank if we get into an argument and I feel unsafe. What exits are there in the house? Where are all the phones that you can use to call the police? Number three, when he calls and I feel threatened, I will so that I can be safe. For instance, can you screen your calls with voicemail? Could you change your number? Could you have the telephone company trace the calls for a stalking report? Right? Remember, if we're having issues, we want to document everything. Okay, the last question for safety at home, and the last overall question for this personalized safety plan. If I see him standing outside, I will do what? So that I can be safe. Who can help you? Can you take pictures or document how many times it happens in order to file a stalking report with the police? So these are all questions, eight questions that I got from the National Domestic Violence Hotline. I will leave all of that information for you in the show notes, but these are questions that you're going to want to have answers for and that you would have wanted to think through. So this is a very good thing to have, even in general, actually, (laughs) but uh, very important. So I hope that teens, if you're listening, you can do this with their friends, right? And again, if you really feel like you are in an abusive relationship and it doesn't maybe even feel dangerous yet, it's still good to talk with an expert about that. So contact one of those three places that I mentioned and go from there. 
Okay, lessons learned today where there's very many red flags that I listed that we're gonna wanna run through and just do a double check and make sure that we're not experiencing these in our current relationship. If we are, lesson number two, it's important to do something about that. You don't have to live a life like that for the rest of your life. I care about you and you deserve a wonderful, free, fun, happy life. Lesson number three, we learned about a personalized safety plan and we talked about how to prepare and go through that. Lesson number four, I listed three different wonderful resources that I would highly recommend to talk with if you find yourself in this situation, an abusive situation. Again, you don't have to do what they say. We're just getting their information. And lastly, in lesson number five, we talked about green flags, right? What does it actually look like to have a healthy, mature relationship? So those are the lessons from today. I hope that you found those helpful. And hopefully you're not in an abusive situation. You're not looking at those red flags. You're seeing green flags. Please share this, especially with teenagers in your lives. Families that have teenagers, the way you can share this is go to the top right. You'll see three little lines up there if you're in Apple, top right. And then you'll see how you can share that via text or you can copy the link. Take care and I'll talk with you next week. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can leave a review and let me know what you found most helpful. You can find me on Instagram at women aware and prepared. And if you want more from me, you can join my Tuesday tip emails at womenawareandprepared.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Remember, you are worthy of a safe and peaceful life.